You're listening to the Lean Six Sigma for Good podcast. We help you learn how Lean and Six Sigma concepts can be applied to nonprofits, NGOs, and not-for-profit organizations. Visit us at LeanSixSigmaForGood.com. In this podcast, I talk with Matt Horvat. He is the founder of Lean Portland, which is the volunteer group we have in Portland working with nonprofits. He has extensive experience in the construction industry, healthcare, insurance, and consulting. We discuss why he set up Lean Portland, and he shares his experience with his first pro bono volunteer project. We also discuss the importance of the daily huddles and daily management systems. We talk about 3P and using the seven ways exercise. He talks about how A3 helped set up a lung cancer screening process he was involved with, the importance of leader standard work and checklists, a tour he helped set up to showcase a tiered daily huddle system, and he demonstrates his new software program for daily management called Lean Routine, which can be found at leanroutine.app. Thanks for downloading and listening. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so today I got Matt Horvat, my good friend. Um, Matt, will you give us a little introduction about um, your background in lean and process improvement and um, how you eventually set up a Lean Portland group that I've talked a lot about. Yeah, you bet. You bet. 15, 20 years of history here in two minutes or less. Yeah. <laughs> no, but really, uh, I guess I started studying psychology in college and I got really interested in uh, human performance. I stumbled into industrial engineering and then uh, really just gained a lot of love for like the business aspects of leadership and management systems. My classes were like performance measurement systems and um, and management systems engineering, where we just like did silly little plots of like how often we raised our hand in class as a predictor of grade. And it really made sense to me, like that kind of basic approach at team building. So I landed a job in construction after college just because, you know, you got to make money to live. And that eventually turned into a job uh, working as a lead consultant in the construction industry. I think that's yeah, something like that's not really talked about too much is that uh, application of lean and construction. So I was always kind of intrigued when you would kind of share some of the things you learned there. Yeah, actually, it's been a great background just for my everyday life and like special projects and project management. And the whole industry is geared toward uh, getting people to come together to all do something special and unique and for the first time ever. You still have a lot of craftspeople that know their skills, but the leadership to pull a big team together. And I mean, like our smallest jobs were $30 million up to a half a billion dollar project. So like big data centers where we had to get structure complete in a hundred days. I mean, big projects with lots of resources. So, so we set up planning systems. Um, it was basically one time up for a big giant mapping session and then we take that information into a Gantt chart and, and systematically take a look at it on a monthly, weekly, and daily basis. I can't tell you how many little smiley faces I stamped on weekly work plans for people who made their commitments. Nice. That was kind of the currency of projects to get stuff done is everybody had to do their plan. So it was all about planning and conversations and making promises and people to people looking each other in the eye just made a lot of sense. Yeah. So cool. that was like 10 years until I got into healthcare. 
what drove you into healthcare? Well, mostly I just wanted to be local. I wanted a job where I didn't have to travel all over. I was I was working in the Southwest, so I saw a lot of projects in Texas and LA and the Bay Area. But I eventually I wanted a family and I wanted to be at home, so to speak. And so I grew up outside of uh, Portland here in a small farming town. So I, I came back to Portland and just started applying for jobs in a in the local medical group gave me a chance. So then I that got kind of in the. I mean, it was it was a lean job, but they just needed somebody to help them get stuff done. So I did a lot of just like special project project management, and then eventually some training and some coaching as the, as the organization grew and my job changed and they were acquired, changed again, and changed again, and changed again. But I mean, I've been able to stay at home every night now since I got into healthcare. Because you were doing consulting before that, right? Where it was a lot of travel. It was, yeah, and that's actually how you know one of the one of the triggering events for starting Lean Portland was I was a traveling consultant when I landed here, and I wanted to have some friends, some like-minded people, you know, a network. I'd been involved with a, a group out of Dallas, Texas, uh, that was sponsored and organized by Mark Graben. So I kind of had his model, Lean DFW. You can Google that and kind of see that group. It was for his clients and his friends and his business partners in the area they'd come to his house for like a wood-fired pizza party the man really loves great outdoor cooking so nice. we did a lot of soup nights here at my house you know for the first couple years and uh, we eventually organized around uh, some some common themes that we all shared which had a lot to do with just giving back to the community and helping kind of build up the skills of nonprofit leadership and all the principles of lean that we know and love around um, helping people who do the work really take charge of how the work's done and how their work area is organized and setting things up for success at really at the ground level. Nonprofits is just a really ripe environment for that kind of, I mean, there's just such a huge need for it. Yeah. And just so many organizations. And I think, um, what year did you start with the healthcare? About what year did you start? Did you get a job in healthcare? Was it? Early 2011. 2011. Okay, so still yeah. pretty early in terms of lean and healthcare. I mean, I would think it was like early to mid 2000s, maybe when I felt like it was starting to take off. Yeah, so not unheard of in this in the Pacific Northwest market. Uh, Virginia Mason is a big leader in that space, and as well as you know, all the big players have been dipping their toe in it, even if it had even if it wasn't like an organized management system now. Um, but I recall having tours with. Uh, Seattle Children's, and really being impressed with their their work, uh, based off of a lot of large consultancies that are you know supporting and, and have been around for 15, 20 years prior, just outside of the healthcare industry. So we had some good examples around here, some pretty good benchmarks to to you know set a high bar. The amount of healthcare facilities in Portland was pretty surprising. I think I had seen something with uh, where people are employed the most and it was like um, the hospital systems were near the top there. So, um, and then you look at all the nonprofit, especially like in Portland where it's everyone trying to, you know, help out and, and fix some kind of social problem or issue. Um, yeah, I think both those industries are very ripe for opportunity still. And um, yeah, I think that's been really fun being part of that Lean Portland group to go out and work with nonprofits and teach them. And so far, it's, I think it's been really uh, well embraced. 
the, the, you know, it's not easy by any means, but definitely they're open to getting some help. So I think that's been good. Makes it a lot easier yeah. instead of being pushed away. Yeah, I really got lucky that I stumbled into a friendship and relationship with a gentleman by the name of Richard Coley. He is a like a senior consultant and um, had been doing pro bono projects pretty regularly, like annually, as a way to give back to the community for a long time. So, at, you know, at that stage in my life, I wasn't really ready to show up to an organization and like sell consulting services or even give even giving them away. Like I wasn't organized like that. And Richard was a, you know, he'd been practiced and knew what to do. And so really led our first long term engagement with Friends of the Children and kind of set our model down for just working with them. And I was able to stand back and and watch him engage with the client at the you know, at the executive level to manage that relationship. And then also uh, learned a lot of skills around just the tools we used in, in, the, in the typical process improvement work we did. And so as a way to, you know, help, you know, middle people in their middle or early in their career in lean, um, it was a great way to get a lot of exposure and education and experience. At my job where I showed up to every day, there was just so many rules to follow and I had to you know, use certain tools that they bought. And there wasn't, I mean, my boss, I mean, we had a lot at stake. So I had to just kind of play by the, the line of what I needed to do at work. But in the nonprofit, you know, area where we were just really trying to help people. I mean, it, it was where the rubber met the road and we had to be very basic and very practical and very, and we had to be very helpful every time we showed up because the nonprofit leaders, they just couldn't, they just didn't have the resources to let me learn on the job, so to speak. So it was, it was a go time. And so that really became, I felt like a part of what Lean Portland was all about too. It was about giving back and like doing these projects for nonprofits who otherwise didn't have some resources like ours available. But it was also a time for me to go get some skills and be around other lean people who knew about a certain uh, methodology and then, and then let them let them run with it and then let me learn from that. So I learned really great things. I mean, my first A3s were in nonprofits. My first 3P was at nonprofits. Uh, my first value stream mapping was at nonprofits. I mean, I was able to just like get so many tools in my toolbox just by hanging out and doing these volunteer projects. Plus we built all these great relationships with people on the ground. I mean, I still go into rebuilding center all the time and, you know, spend an extra 30 minutes just chatting up, leave Peter, seeing what's going on, what's new and how they're organizing their, you know, their bins and like their, their newest customer, you know, experience kind of organizational method to make processing donated materials from drop off to the floor, streamlined and organized. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think um, getting to know everybody in our group has been really powerful and great and learning a lot from others. Like you said, I think that's been really a surprise benefit of, of that Lean Portland group. But also, yeah, the nonprofits we work with are great people and they have a passion for what they're working on. And, and so it's just nice to work with people who, who have something they really care about and something important. And the work they're doing is really important. Just like in healthcare, you know, it's, it feels really impactful when you can help them make a difference or change something or make something easier. I think that was something that we realized quickly too, was just how stressed for time they were and that you had to come in, yeah, and try to be effective with them because they don't have 
hours to sit and plan, like maybe at my corporate job where people could do more thinking and they weren't, you know, frontline uh, dealing with issues and activities for the day. So um, we didn't want to go in there and waste our time by any means. Yeah, totally. I, I recall how, how long still those change takes, but engaging the staff really made a difference. I'm thinking at the, the cash register and like the whole checkout flow project we did yep, at Rebuilding yep. Center. That was maybe six months of like just like weekend work, a few hours here and there, but a little bit of training. And and at the beginning, it was it was like a fun launch. People were together and had like nodding heads and seats. And then I then the, the what I think really really sold the staff and one person in particular was like after our three P event where we were cutting out cardboard shapes for the new layout of the floor plan and process for things like we landed on it and Ella Rose said well she looked at me and she said that she didn't trust us when we got started but she sees how it's coming together now and she was very grateful at that point because we were able to like at the end of it they rebuilt the whole area made it a lot bigger and more line of sight and easier flow and faster processing like it was it was so beneficial in so many ways for her and it was just really fun to see uh, her embrace this change that i mean it was at the beginning you know she was very nice and very pleasant don't get me wrong yeah yeah behind the curtain she was like unsure she didn't know where we were coming from she didn't know why we were there but then it all just worked out and we can go there now and see all these changes yeah it's really that, powerful it looks really great too that checkout area i think it, it was there 14 then you do two seven ways exercises to get 14 different configurations or something it was that's right it was pretty cool yeah we identified customer requirements at first and then compared those different um designs to the requirements and and landed on what well, ended up being ella rose's first pick but it all things <laughs> aside we did the exercise and really flushed out all kinds of options it was it was great and I know part of some of the work we were doing there, I think we were talking about like even what is the daily checklist for opening the store or closing down the store. And I think we were trying to work through that a little bit with, you know, just like what is the things that need to be get done on a daily basis. If you like this topic, please check out Lean Six Sigma for Good, Lessons from the Gemba. Volume one is released and available through Amazon. We will soon have an audible version coming out early 2020, and we're working on Volume 2 as we speak. Volume 1 has eight chapters written by different authors who share their experiences applying Lean and Six Sigma to not-for-profit organizations. And then I think a couple years back, you've been working through maybe um, uh, an app or a website tool to work through some yeah. of that as well. Can you talk to me about, about that tool? Yeah, thanks for that, Brian. Um, and I think anybody on the call can resonate with the idea around how just backsliding happens. Uh, at the Rebuilding Center, we set up little inf informative kiosks at all the entrances so that customers, when they came in the door, can you know, kind of just know how to shop and interact with the, the sales floor and, and the products and, and the cash register process. We, they have like a little place for a tape measure and a place to write some notes. But every day, you got to drag that thing out. You got to set it up got to be you know in the right spot with the right materials and supplies and you know if you forget that one day that's where you know just processes break down it's just natural tendency to go back to chaos so uh, the idea is just around 
uh, of a checklist or in this app is um, just put presence of mind to the few things that you, you've agreed to, to do on an everyday basis, on I mean, our recurring basis, whether it's even weekly or monthly or you can set the time periods, but then, um, you know, every day set the thing up, check. And then the app is designed to give you a trend graph that shows team-based performance. So if you're a, if you're a leader, you can use this with your staff as a way to like make sure people submit their timesheets every week. Or if you're if you're you know interested in coaching, make sure you set aside two hours every week for coaching. Check the box, and then you can see a trend graph of that, and the group can see it too. So leaders of leaders, like if it's a director and a manager team, and they're all agreeing to coach people, we can have some team-based accountability really easy just to see if people have been doing their checklist. Now it's still just a checklist you can always just check the box and you know not do it i mean that's human nature also but but the app is something that'll help out a little bit and if you don't mind brian i'd like to share my screen yep. and go for it do a quick demo yeah we're kind of like the alpha uh going to beta phase we're going to rewrite the front end here pretty quick to do some uh major improvements to get it to our beta stages but but it works now you're welcome to go here and Login with, we have three login options and you can play around with the app today. This is lean routine.app, routine right? That's right. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, just some uh, education on the main page. When you do sign in, what you end up with is a checklist. So what we're gonna look at is my personal set of uh, checklists and then, um, some things to pay attention to here are the different teams that I'm on. Big functionality, this is team-based performance. So this is my tasks that I need to do today that are all current. And a quick view of some history. Uh, as you can see, I'm in the red for my checklist here. Uh, but I can also see that a couple of my teammates have been checking their tasks. That's cool. Um, the checklist function, you can see I click it here, pops over there. And then overall performance is here on the metrics tab. So this is a trend graph showing my percentage of my checklist completed per day. Not, not great performance, I must say here. Um, but what's interesting is, say I want to take a look at my teammates and what uh, what's going on overall. This is the graph for people, um, for every member of this team. And we can look at people individually as well. So a six month trend graph of Eric's performance shows what looks great, relatively speaking. And, and it's all relative, you know, I don't, it, it's gonna be totally dependent on how you set up expectations with your team on what good looks like here. Although it's pretty obvious, there's some pretty major gaps here. <laughs> So if you're looking for something as a way to just bring some general accountability to some routine tasks, you can use this for exercising or for diet. I mean, like anything that you're trying to keep your attention on on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's where it, that's where lean comes into this is because so much about lean is like how the leader shows up every day in front of staff and what are the few things. I mean, often it's like coaching. You might do like a process observation on different problems. You might do a problem-solving session periodically like once a week with your team you might do a daily huddle those are four immediate lean tasks that should go on your checklist routinely 
at the right routine for yourself. And this just helps you give, get some feedback for the group on how are people doing on their, can I say it, lean routines. <laughs> so you, yeah, you could put basically anything in there like uh, for a task and then it's just a check, check, uh, check mark or something you mark when you're done each day. So. Yeah. Just assign a team to it. I won't go ahead and set one up now, but easy to play with and uh, pretty user friendly. We, we still need to build out some help files and a glossary. Um, I would brush it up a little bit more to match the web based version versus a mobile app, and we'll get this into the Google Play and iTunes store pretty quickly so that it's, it's pretty mobile friendly. I mean, it works right now. You just have to save the the bookmark on your desktop or your phone, but we'll make a standalone mobile app as part of this new release that's coming. Did you, does it also, you said there's a metric thing when you went to go create a new task that was like for tracking data? Yeah, the way, the way that works is, let me see if I've got, I definitely have some metric tasks available. Let me set up a new task and see if I can do this. Yes. So if you wanted to set up a task that uh, allows you to make some progress, in this case, um, we'll do like our hours. And you wanted to make a goal of like um, observing three hours a week. You can set up a metric task so that um, you can check off how many hours a week do you do. So this is a day or let's say do a weekly task. I think possibly if I make it for a daily task. So now my task, my new task is do metric task right here. You can see it's zero out of 10. And we can, so instead of checking, we can say we did two of those today. We did 10 of those or four of those now. And then once we get to all 10, it marks the task as complete. Hmm. Okay. So it's a different approach at measuring something so that if you don't have to just, if you're doing something extremely recurring, you don't have to check so many times, you could just add up the number. And so it's meant to be a general application for performance measurement. We wanted to provide that capability. I don't have a real practical application for it in my personal checklist at this point, but I'd love to hear uh, any feedback that somebody has about how they've used it and what's working for them. Like I say, we're really kind of an alpha development stages of this. Okay, so they can go in and get a free account and set it up and you bet. test it out, okay. You bet, yeah, we are live on Amazon Web Servers at this moment. Okay. I will uh, put a link in there and encourage people to go in there and check it out. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan. And anything you wanted to share maybe on the healthcare side? You know, it was, it was I guess you'd call it still like special projects, so uh, there's just so many applications of using good scientific thinking around getting new stuff done. One of my more recent projects involves setting up a lung cancer screening program. So the problem wasn't like a gap closure problem in a sense of like we've got a scorecard metric that's in the red and we need to solve for it. It was more like if we set something up, a new program in the community, we can you know help the community in a better way. But we were able to use a, an A3 framework for that and generated some 
you know, metrics to reflect around and use the framework of problem statement, current state, target state, root cause to help us get organized on the different, you know, parts of the program that we need to pay attention to and use that overall framework as the, the theme in our weekly and biweekly check-ins with the director team and the medical director team. So, I mean, that's one recent example of using A3 thinking on, in healthcare for a special project. And it's just every, every direction the compass needle points is an opportunity for improvement in healthcare. So whether it was a problem around too much, you know, too much time waiting in line when you show up to get service or it's our schedule's too packed and we've got to figure out a way to see more patients because we can't, you know, our schedule's booked out for six or eight or 10 weeks. And those are all problems that you can apply lean thinking to straight away. And so it was just rush, rush, rush into, you know, as many projects as we could possibly manage and get organized around. I think I uh, also wanted to bring up the uh, tour you set up with um, some people from, I think it was Restore and maybe another nonprofit that you had us tour and look at a tiered huddle system. Yeah, outside of special projects in healthcare, there's a big emphasis on daily management, just as there is in a lot of industries out there. And that's where like the checklist we've been talking about can really apply. So yeah, um, you know, before installing daily management, there's just a lot more emails and a lot more delay to get problems solved. And over the course of a couple of years, the organization I worked with set up like daily huddles for all of the teams, you know, at the beginning of the day to get your shift assignments and to Kind of know what current problems are and key communications and just kind of a team team building check-in every morning and then uh, a while later kind of like after the team got started in the morning around nine o'clock all of the executive team would get back together too to get a report up and a flow up of different issues that happened and other key communications that needed to occur at the senior team level and so in that way we've got by 10 o'clock every day everybody in the company is in touch with any current issues and all of our all of our problems have been escalated to the right people to get them solved. So just it made the whole business a lot more agile and connected. Yeah, I thought that was really cool um, just to see that structure and how quickly things got escalated all the way to the top leadership in the organization. Mm -hmm. um, it just feels like that's like should be a best practice for any organization, regardless of the size, yeah. you know, and so it was really cool to see that. And I think they nonprofit partners that we brought along on that tour really got a lot out of it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would encourage anybody listening out there to uh, make phone calls to different organizations that you're interested in learning about and asking for a tour. Uh, there are so many generous places that are happy to just uh, spend a couple hours out of their day walking some folks around. And that's how we've gone to go see the, the local, there's a Toyota distribution facility here there was been quite a number of different construction projects we've been able to tour. Um, yeah, just get a group of folks. Say you're a say you're a team and and uh, ask for some learning. People love to share. Yeah, and I think the organizations like to share too because it gives them a chance to explain what they do. And I think they found that mm -hmm. it's beneficial when outsiders come in and yeah. ask questions to them, and they're like, "Hmm, you know, that I haven't thought about that." and that's a great mm -hmm. idea. We should actually look at that. So it's, it's a it's a win-win as well. It's not like you're just burdening them with with your time. They actually do get something out of showing what they do totally. and 
there's a lot of pride that people take in the improvements they've made too. So I think it's an opportunity for them to share the great work they've done, get some accolades and some uh, positive feedback. Yeah, I remember touring the, the Nike airbag manufacturing facility with the Kaizen team there. And we did a really fascinating tour of the manufacturing facility and their all their huddle boards and then all of their special projects area. But then when we got into the conference room after the huddle, the, the leaders there, which had been like shop floor supervisors for 20 years, they were so curious about how we would apply lean in healthcare and had a whole bunch of questions for us too. And it was just really fun to see like all of the familiar things in their environment. And I'm sure if they were to walk into the healthcare environment with their experience in lean and man management systems and Kaizen, uh, they could be successful too. It's just really fun to connect. Yeah, that's great. Anything else you want to share, Matt? Uh, thanks a lot, Brian, for taking the time out of your busy day to, uh, you know, connect with me. And it's great to see you again. Yes, you too. Thanks for letting me share a little bit about the Lean Routine app. I'm looking for feedback and just trying to get the message out there. I hope it's helpful. Absolutely. Um, I've tried it out a little bit. I need to get back in there and put in some new metrics. I've got some uh, home uh maintenance and cleaning stuff I think I need to add in there. So give me an opportunity to go back in there and get it going again. Yeah, the discipline is the, is the hard part. I hope it helps. Let me know. Yep. Okay, will do. Thank you so much for your time, Matt. And I'll put your contact info if someone wants to reach out and ask questions for you and wants to connect. I'll put you on LinkedIn. Yeah, is that the best way to reach you or? Yeah, or my email address. Email. Okay, I'll put both those on there. All right, cool. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Brian. Okay. Are you interested in learning more about Lean and Six Sigma? Or are you looking to expand your existing skills to apply them to environmental impacts at your work or in the local community? Check out our free online course called Lean Six Sigma and the Environment on thinkific.com. We'll teach you about the Lean Forms of Waste and Waste Walks, which stands for Water, Air Emissions, Solid Waste, Toxins, and Energy. We'll go over examples of reducing electricity and solid waste, teach you how to involve your facilities and environment safety and health personnel. We'll provide guidance on how to green your 5S and lean Kaizen events and many other tools specific to finding environmental opportunities. Learn more at leansixsigmaenvironment.org.